You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer, two priests of the Diocese of Fargo, pleased to join you today as we are here on location from the J-Mart General Store in uh, downtown Pezek, North Dakota, and Walsh County. So it's uh, great to have... uh, Great! It was. It's great to have had these conversations so far, and another hour of great conversations coming okay, up. Okay, you want to hear about some a, a huge controversy that just recently took place in Pisic, North Dakota? Yes, and I it, do. It involves Google and Google Maps. So since I've moved here, I'm on 167 Newton Avenue. That's officially what it is. But on Google, it says I'm on Shanley Avenue, 167. So I can never have any packages delivered to my door. They'll they'll come and then they send them back to where they came from. So. I'm looking there, how do I solve this? Because everybody goes by Google Maps. And yeah. then, so I, I try to do research and find out. I think what happened was in the day back when Bishop John Shanley... Decided, the first bishop of our diocese. They renamed this avenue from Division Street down to the church as Shanley Avenue. Oh. And on some maps, that's where it is. And whoever recorded for Google Maps, they put it down as Shanley Avenue. But the post office and everything else, it's <laughs> Newton Avenue. So how is poor Father Leffer going to get any packages, especially at Christmas time, delivered to his, his house? You know, oh, yeah, so the Grinch has arrived in that I form. I had to go into the, the, the ether world, do mm-hmm. research, and figure out how to get into Google Maps and submit an application to change an address, blah, 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 blah. And it was done this week. It's now been officially changed. I can receive Christmas presents. So anybody who's listening... Father Laffer can now receive Christmas presents. Fantastic. So you don't have to rummage around town wondering what for- front porch things have been placed onto. Okay, very good. 167 Newton Avenue. <laughs> and you thought that small town life was simple, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's it. Well, uh, every uh, month or so, uh, we um, either we or some other hosts here at Real Presence Radio have the privilege of looking at one of the classics in uh, literature, either recently or not so recently. And that's what we're going to do today with Nancy Gord. Uh, welcome to Real Presence Live. Oh, thank you. Happy and also, thank you. It's great to have you with us. And also, we are joined by a fellow priest of the diocese, Father William Slattery. Welcome back. Good morning, Father Gross. How are you? Doing very well. So um, just to, to remind our listeners or someone who may have uh, just recently joined our program, um, how are you, uh, Father, employed uh, currently in our diocese? I'm the chaplain at uh, Shanley High School and Sullivan Middle School. So I work with uh, the uh, students here teaching in the high school and helping with uh, retreats and their spiritual formation. Right, and it's a, a single campus with uh, grades 6 through 12 on the south side of Fargo. And uh, Nancy, you uh, had a connection with that facility for a time, didn't you? Yes, I certainly did. I taught uh, for the Catholic Schools Network here in Fargo for over 20 years, and um, a good share of that time was down at the campus, Sullivan mm-hmm. Shanley. Very good. And uh, today we're going to be talking about one of the most familiar stories, I would say, in uh, English literature and uh, a very renowned author of the 19th century, Charles Dickens, and his famous work, A Christmas Carol. So um, why did you, uh, why did the two of you decide on bringing up this story as our topic for this segment today? Well, it's a story both of us know quite well, and both of us have uh, used as examples in our classrooms, whether it is religion. I know last year when I was subbing at 
Shanley, Father Flattery, used it, referenced it in a homily, and I have taught it at both the 7th grade and 10th grade levels. And it's not a long work by Dickens, and it is so very well known. I mean, it's been done cinematically so frequently, and everybody has kind of their favorite Scrooge movie. And, uh, and I think it's just because it is culturally so well known, I thought it would be an easy discussion. Right. And um, it's been adapted into uh, several different versions in the stage and screens. So that's one of the things that I think makes it a lot more accessible than many other kinds of works in that way. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, Father Slattery, uh, what, um, uh, what was kind of your motivation in terms of uh, talking about A Christmas Carol today? Yeah, as we were kind of discussing the topic of uh, having another book discussion in December, it kind of quickly came to the Christmas season. We thought about a couple options, but I know for me it was uh, one of the, the fav- more favorite moments of the season is, is reflecting with that story from Dickens and the, mm-hmm. the power of, of living each day as, as if it were Christmas Day. And I remember from kind of my youth, my first introduction to the Christmas Carol was through the Muppets. <laughs> and uh, that would have been, you know, uh, my first one. But then, you know, as they're going kind of older in life, you see that, again, the different uh, ways this was interpreted and, and kind of reading it as an older uh, adult uh, in seminary. This was kind of where it became more of a passion for me each and every year in seminary around the Christmas time. Uh, we'd do a kind of a public reading and, you know, kind of have treats and snacks. It became a little bit of a tradition and uh, kind of put some flesh to to how this story impacts uh, impacts our, our human lives. Mm-hmm. So. I was uh, doing a little bit of research as I was looking this up just to orient myself to the life of Charles Dickens, uh, someone who, even in his own era, became rather quickly known as uh, a literary genius, um, lived in the uh, first part of the 19th century uh, in Great Britain, and uh, he wrote A Christmas Carol, I think, only at the age of 30 or 31. So that's kind of an interesting thing that uh, he had uh, the, the, the ability and the skill to do this. Um, so uh, what are some of the things, I, I guess, in terms of Dickens the author, uh, what are kind of the, um, uh, the distinguishing characteristics? And I can throw this question out for either of you. What are sort of the things that, that you think of that are kind of hallmarks of his, of his craft, of, of his art? Well, I can mention a, a couple, and then Father can certainly add uh, to it. He's great at metaphor. He's not the easiest read because uh, the authors of the 19th century tended to be verbose, lengthy sentences. Do, do you know and why? Sometimes you there, had to you have to stop and go. What is he talking about exactly? There, there's a but there's a real is, practical reason why they were so verbose. They were actually paid by the word, and so well, and so there's monetary reward. Yes, yeah, and so that's why so many of those novels have, are verbose. That's one of the <laughs> things you have to swim through when you when you get to the geniusness of them. I have to wonder if there may have been a similar motivation for Saint Paul the Apostle in some of his <laughs> sentences in his letters, but I digress. <laughs> Folks, no, seriously, I, 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 seri- I seriously doubt that there was. I just, I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is worth going through all those words, those profitable words for them to get at, to get at the story. So he's very, very strong with metaphor. 
But one thing Dickens always talks about in his novels is he was very, very concerned with the plight of the poor and the disadvantaged in Victorian England. Mm-hmm. And as, as he got older, he got very frustrated that he didn't see any great alleviation of that. So whether it's Oliver Twist or David Copperfield or, in this case, The Christmas Carol, he will mention the joy but also the suffering. Very good. Um, and I was also interested in this particular topic when we think of the um, uh, the body of work of Dickens that we had, at least in many developing nations, um, developed nations in the world, the Industrial Revolution starting to take place. And one cannot help but think of those dynamics when you look at uh, the interplay at the beginning between uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and uh, Cratchit, you know, and and how people can sort of be reduced in their dignity as machines or cogs in the wheel. So um, uh, do, do you see those kinds of themes present uh, in, the, in the Christmas Carol as well? well I would I say think... absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go if ahead, I Father. kind of jump in yeah. on that. Um, just with, I think, the theme that kind of comes out a lot of Dickens' literature comes from his own experience of having mm-hmm. to, uh, to live in a debtor's prison. <clears throat> and so... In uh, the practice in that time of uh, of how the poor were often oppressed in this way of uh, of uh, running into debt, uh, they were often placed in a prison until their debts could be paid by others, almost like ransom in a certain way. Uh, and it became a cyclical, uh, really, uh, yeah, a cyclical reality where they were. It was really difficult to escape from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, any follow up thoughts about that, Nancy? Well, much of his personal life, and I think that's true for so many authors, is evidenced in his stories. Even some of his female characters, uh, even when time was done for them to be in prison and the family, and then he was apprenticed, his mother didn't really rush to bring him back to the home. And that sometimes, I think, maybe affected his view of some some women in his life, and some of the characters in his literature. So, I mean, we are, our backgrounds always are reflected in what we say, how we act, what we write. Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. certainly true of the works of Dickens. Yeah. Um, well, what I'd like to do now, uh, Father Leffer and I will uh, just kind of focus on some of the prominent characters, because that's one of the things, of course, that really mm-hmm. sets A Christmas Carol apart, is that these characters have become so representative in culture that, you know, you say a certain name and it evokes all of these different images that so many people can relate to. Um, one can hardly speak about this story without talking about Ebenezer Scrooge and uh, kind of, you know, what uh, Scrooge comes to represent. Uh, so, you know, what kinds of things, and we'll have to step aside for a break in just a couple of minutes, but um, what kinds of things does the story of Ebenezer Scrooge represent, I think, that uh, that, that you think people have really kind of attached and, and found so memorable over the years? Well, I think it's the ability to be redeemed. The fact that we can start, because after his experience with the three spirits who visit him, he is completely, totally changed and desperately wants to make up for lost time. Mm-hmm. And I think each of us has that ability to wake up every morning thinking, what can I do to be a better person than I was yesterday? What can I do to make things better for other people? So we all have that opportunity. It was just done 
so dramatically in his case because he was such a misanthrope, such a miser, such a negative guy. You know, this Father Leffer, but the, 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 um, I, there was a key moment in my life, actually, through the Christmas Carol, and it had to do with Ebenezer Scrooge, which was the word humbug. You know, he always says, bah, mm-hmm. humbug. And mm-hmm. I remember, I, th- I was in, actually in seminary, and, and I, one time and it was, came out, and I realized, I don't really know what humbug means. Like, I think I have an idea. Mm-hmm. So I actually did this research on the word humbug, and it actually transformed my life. It, I come to this, a humbug means somebody who, basically a hypocrite, who you look like one thing on the outside, but you're not on the inside. And, you know, Ebenezer, he represents the true humbug who converted, who he was always accusing everybody else of saying, oh, you're, you're just a do-gooder on the outside, right. but you're empty on the inside. That's the irony of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so like, the, even that word humbug is really at the heart of the entire thing. The whole thing flips on that word. Yeah. And he literally becomes... Right. It's not just out. a throwaway exclamation, you might say. So let's pick up that idea on the other side of this break. We're visiting with Father William Slattery and Nancy Gord. The topic is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And we'll have more right after these messages. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small-town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with an end-of-year gift planning tip. With the end of the year approaching, a charitable gift can help you support our mission and receive tax benefits. In addition to gifts of cash, here is a gift strategy worth considering. Gifts of appreciated assets such as securities or real estate are an excellent way for you to help our cause. Securities may be transferred directly to us, while real estate is transferred through a deed. These gifts will not affect your cash flow, and they provide the following tax benefits. A charitable deduction to help you save on taxes, a bypass of federal and state capital gains taxes, and an avoidance of tax on net investment income. To learn more about these strategies and the benefits of making an end-of-year gift, please call or visit our website today at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. As a working mother, I was thrilled to learn about the University of Mary's new online Catholic-infused graduate programs that truly work around my schedule. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Real Presence Live as Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross are joining you today live on location from the J-Mart convenience store and uh, general store in Pizek, North Dakota. A reminder that our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, contains a lot of great information about the programming schedules as well as the opportunity to share prayer requests with all of us, your brothers and sisters, who are listening to this station. And don't forget about the Real Presence app. You can go to your app store and get it and have it on your radio and one touch and there you are wherever you happen to be as well as being able to download podcasts of the real presence live programs that happen five days a week every week because you'll definitely want to hear us again repeated on saturday yes but if you can't listen on saturday Anytime. Podcast. Right, right. The Encore presentations begin at 6 a.m. Central, 5 a.m. Mountain Time on Saturdays in the order of the days of the week in which they appear. And we are visiting with Nancy Gord and Father William Slattery about uh, Dickinson's famous work, A Christmas Carol. I suspect that many of our listeners are like me who uh, read this and studied it in high school or uh, uh, whether it was um, early... You know, or like early high school, late middle school, somewhere within that neighborhood, but hadn't taken it up in a long time. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting refresher for us. Uh, we were talking about uh, Ebenezer Sco- uh, Scrooge, and um, Father Slattery, I'd like to hear uh, your take on this about uh, what that character represents and, and uh, why it is that he really resonates so much culturally, even even to this day. Yeah, I think uh, the, the notes about him as a representation of conversion and the the hope that's there for all of us is one of the draws uh, to him. He's not just simply like a, a caricature of the evilness of, of society, but really is a more personal uh, reflection on how uh, when when kind of personal tragedy and sin goes kind of un, unhealed and in a certain way ignored, that it leads to greater isolation and, and to great unhappiness. And I think that's kind of the, the appeal of this character, is you see, uh, you know, the backstory of Scrooge, of this individual. He's not just a, an unhappy person, mm-hmm. uh, but we see his journey uh, and how, like, a human heart can be, can be both broken and mended. And, you know, at, at the risk of uh, challenging us to think deeply, I, Ebenezer actually represents, for me, the relationship between Eve and Mary. And he really is a Mary figure in the sense, you think of Mary the Mediatrix of all graces, where she, she distributes generously to God's people. But Eve, instead of being that feminine aspect of being open to life and distributing, she takes, right? She took, mm-hmm. she took and she hoarded, and, and so that brought death. But the conversion then, suddenly so you're open to life, and you're, you're, he's the possessor of all things, and he can go forth now and bless everybody by, by not just physically, but even just his word, uh, and it brings new life then and new hope to everybody because he's generous. And so it, it makes me think of the Blessed Virgin Mary and Eve and the contrast between the two. Mm-hmm. Let's also... Fits, go ahead, Father. I think it fits because, I mean, in the same way that Mary is the model of the church and, uh, again, representation of the Christian path in life. So. Right, right. Uh, let's also talk about uh, uh, Bob Cratchit and, uh, and his family and just sort of that uh, denouement toward the end of how um, uh, they get to witness uh, the transformation that happens in, in Scrooge and that sort of thing. Um, you know, how is it that, uh, can, can uh, either of you speak about uh, the, the, the compassion that that family sort of elicits by, by their plight and, um, you know, and, and how that really plays into the story as a whole. 
Well, I think, you know, Bob Cratchit is an example of a long-suffering, you know, employee and, uh, and loyal, very loyal to Mr. Scrooge. Even when his wife says some disparaging comments about him, he, he defends him in a sense. Uh, when the ghost of Christmas present brings Ebenezer to the family's meal, it is interesting to me to see how quickly engaged Ebenezer gets in that event. He cares about the outcome of the plum pudding. You know, he marvels at the booth. And so it's, it's remarkable to me there's this turning point in the story where he recognizes, and it happens also at his nephew Fred's party, which he witnesses, the joys that there are in human companionship and the joys that he has denied himself by not embracing the fellowship of others. Mm-hmm. And Cratch's family is an example not only of a, a big family, a loving family, but how a family can be happy and joyful and content without having money or yeah. any surplus money. Mm-hmm. Now, Dickens, the author, was... Um I, I think uh, uh, sort of a, a standard uh, Anglican of his time, perhaps not mm-hmm. really observant, but there are some unavoidable, you know, Christian themes that come out through A Christmas Carol. One of the things I particularly think of is when we look at those scenes from the ghosts of Christmas past and present and future, you know, it really calls the reader, I think, to an awareness, not just to go along with the flow, but to be reflective, uh, to look at where we've come from and to look at where we're going. So, um, uh, what what do you see in terms of uh, that you know those those Christian themes of of self reflection in the story? Well, I think uh, it's a powerful meditation on the season of Advent, and uh, and that's kind of one of the reasons why we thought this was very appropriate for uh, for our, sure. our topic mm-hmm. today of uh, this this kind of way in which we live between two worlds, and in a certain way, like Scrooge, you know, time travel um, and. And how Christ is, in being born has brought uh, the advent of justice and of of righteousness, but at the same time we we wait with great anticipation and hope uh, for for His second coming, for this to be uh, fulfilled in a pure way, in a true way, and a lasting way. And mm-hmm. uh, and we we sit in there, and and not just as passive uh, travelers, but as people who are called uh, to to take hold of that transformation and, and conversion ourselves and so uh, I think it makes a great meditation for ourselves it's, it's, and, and then those Christian themes of conversion of uh, how how we need the companionship of others how charity transforms the soul are are so important for us yeah. to meditate upon the season right and just to follow up on that I think about how um, I think the, the the message with those particular scenes in Advent, you know, leads the reader to uh, pray and hope that we not be, you know, that things not be negatively predestined or predetermined in our lives, mm-hmm. that even if we have, you know, messed certain things up, that there is an opportunity to make amends and that we're not just resigned to, you know, um, re- resigned to a fate beyond ourselves. Well, Evan Easter is very lucky that his seven years dead business associate appears to him. And Jacob Marley says, mm-hmm. right, you're going to be visited, and what a gift that was from the beyond to Ebenezer. Because Jacob says, I already 
drag this long chain around with me through eternity of the cash boxes and the ledgers. Yours is that much longer. It's grown in the seven past years. So um, I always hoped, I always would hope that Jacob Marley got cut some slack in eternity <laughs> after this great you know, thing he did. You know, here's maybe the, that was his, his work of purgatory, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, here's a little key thing about Ebenezer's life that I always think it, it goes by so quickly. Nobody notices unless you read closely. And oftentimes in movies, it's left out. But when he was a young man, he he had a love, yeah. And, and there yeah. was a woman, and and it was a beautiful love. And beca- you know, and it's almost you know, you could ask, well, did he miss his vocation of marriage? And if and if he had actually agreed to his vocation of marriage, would the demands of love have made him more generous early, or did he become? the way he was because he didn't have demands of love on him, you know? And so again, Jacob Marley coming to, you know, giving him that opportunity. And even to me, one of the most powerful moments is when he goes back and sees his, his first love, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he has had people who have, his nephew, Fred loves him in spite of the fact that Ebenezer has never fostered, you know, a, a long relationship with him because he reminds him so much of his deceased sister, Fan. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's another thing that Ebenezer has lost through the years and quickly, quickly has a turnabout to get yeah. Fred and his wife back into his life, or into his life. Mm-hmm. Now, we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment, uh, sadly, so I just wanted to ask uh, both of you if there were any particular um, final thoughts or reflections that you wanted to share with us about A Christmas Carol today. Well, I'll just briefly say that, you know, maybe we all have these chains attached to us, and I think that maybe our conscience can be sort of like our spirit to let us know what we have to cut from that chain and do it do it now. Mm-hmm. So make a good confession for Advent, you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That would be a good idea. Drag out that <laughs> chain. Think, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think, too, like uh, another kind of just bring it into our current context and situation of uh, the importance in this time of that Christian companionship and fellowship and how that it, it reveals ourselves uh, you know, to us. Uh, we, we come to self-greater self-knowledge as we are gathered with people, and also uh, we cooperate in, and share in that community of love. Um, and so yeah. uh, at this time of pandemic and isolation, it's still important for us that we, we make those ways of, of having community, of, of sharing and coming together um, and celebrating, the again, the spirit of the season, which is uh, God's mm-hmm. infinite love for us and how it transforms right. our lives. Well, I think it's only appropriate to wrap up this conversation by saying, God bless us, everyone. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank <laughs> you very much. Quotes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Thank you very much, Father and Nancy, for joining us, and hopefully we'll get a chance to visit with you again sometime very soon. Okay, Wonderful. thanks so much. Thank you, and uh, blessed uh, con- remainder of the Advent and Christmas season uh, to both of you. And uh, we'll step aside for a break here, but up next we'll be talking with a local mom about how she is journeying with our Blessed Mother Mary in a special way this Advent. We're coming to you from the J-Mart in Pizek, North Dakota, Father Leffer and Father Gross, and you're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion. Thanks again, you guys. Through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.